It's time for JT the Brick. I cannot believe I'm sitting here talking about the Raiders being better on defense than offense. I am shocked I just said that. Herbert with pressure up the middle. And he's brought down inside the five. Max Crosby, and like a bolt of lightning, took Herbert down for his second sack of the game. This offense, we demand that they wake up. Pressure up the middle. Love out of the pocket. Throws downfield for the end zone. Intercepted! Amik Robertson in the back corner. Picks it off in front of Watson. JT the Brick. Pressure again off the edge. And he's sent for the safety. Crosby and Nichols. The team needs a massive, massive wake-up call. That's it. Something has to happen immediately. I don't hold back on anything. I'm coming to get you. And now, good to go. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT. Thanks for joining us today in studio with Bobby. Today, Lotus Broadcasting, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, and on the glorious Raiders mobile app, where more and more people are streaming our show all over the globe. We appreciate that. Go to the Raiders mobile app. You click on the button in the right corner, and you get the show anywhere you want. Like my fraternity brother in Buffalo, Roxy, to my dad in Naples, Florida, to our great listeners in the Bay Area, to Crusader Raider in London, wherever you are around the country, we appreciate the fact that you carve out this part of the day. For me, it's good. Noon to two, lunchtime, people on the road, people work from home, people get out in the middle of the day, do something, you can listen on demand. And for the people back east, this is a drive time show because it's on at three o'clock to five. And we thank that because we know there's a lot of Raider Nation up and down the East Coast. So the Raiders are in a good place considering where they were. That's the focus of the monologue brought to you by PT's, the best happy hour in town. Five to seven, midnight to two. Check out PT's for your Vegas Golden Knights. Hockey, they're great at it. They're great at everything, but a great place to kick off the game and have happy hour half price. I like deals, right? You listen to the show. Every commercial, every ad spot is a deal that I'm trying to get you. Best deal in town, PT's happy hour. Go out there and check it out. So what would, what would it be like if the Raiders didn't make a change today? What would it be like? And I was thinking about this today. It would probably most likely be the same record-wise, but there's now an air of fresh air blowing through the building. You feel the wind today out here in Las Vegas? In the building, the wind is whipping around the halls, and everybody likes some of the people involved, coaches. Coaches come and go. In Raider history, we all know that. But now there's a shot of adrenaline, and there's fresh air, and there are people that believe they can do more than they were asked to do. That's what I thought about today as I drove out to Raiders headquarters. We hosted Raiders Roundtable. That'll that'll come out in a little bit. I said more and more people now believe on the football side of the building that they can do what they want to do. They want to go to the coach and say, hey, coach, I like this play. Can we run it? Hey, can we do this? Hey, can I smoke a cigar after the game? Can I do this or that? More of the players feel the freedom to be looser because the winning ways of the Patriot, the Patriot way, and I bought into it as soon as it came here because of the theory, like many, including Mark Davis, who sold out, who signed the checks, thought that a more stringent or focused, better organization, tighter, tighter organization, would lead to more victories and more success because it's worked that way. A lot of organizations, they're buttoned up, man. A lot of organizations are really buttoned up in sports, and the Raiders were too buttoned up. It seemed like the players couldn't play because they were always looking over their shoulders. They didn't feel comfortable. They didn't feel the way they did at other stops where they played, or if they were rookies, it was really hard on them. The, The length of the meetings. 
Everything they did was just longer, more intense, and a lot of it was very negative. I wasn't in the meetings, but you're hearing the players talk about it now. Very scrutinized. Okay, the former coach very scrutinized with let's look at the film and what you guys didn't do right. I'm all right with that. He's a head coach. If you want to do it, you got different styles. Do you think Bill Parcells was easy to deal with? Bill Parcells was a badass. But Lawrence Taylor went out every night to Studio 54 and nightclubs and was railing, if you know what I mean, and partying his butt off and coming in late and sleeping in meetings, and that was good. Same with Jimmy Johnson with the Dallas Cowboys. He famously cut players who sucked or weren't important and gave new rules to the players like Michael Irvin. How do you think it was dealing with Michael Irvin and his party schedule on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night? But Michael Irvin's a Hall of Famer. It's a playmaker. Now it seems to me that under Antonio Pierce, every player feels like they can do more, they can talk more, they can have more fun and have more freedom. We'll see if it pays off. We'll see if it pays off. It looks like the Raiders mentally are in a great place right now. Because they worked under a tight, tight, tight timeline, a lot of extra work, a lot of grinding. That's the word I wrote down, and I don't write my radio show. It was a grind under the former coach because the former coach had a lot of success, and he thought that that system of grinding would work a little bit better. And it didn't work better. And it didn't work better at all. And that's all you can say. We move on. As Antonio Pierce says, new script, blank page. You hear him say that a bunch of times? Blank page. We're going to look at this differently now, and it seems like they're having more fun. But you only have fun when you win. You only smoke cigars in the locker room when you win. You only turn the music up ever when you win. You got to show up on time. You got to be prepared. You got to treat your body good. You got to have respect for everybody. Have fun, but you better win games. And last night I watched the Jets, and they were brutal. Now, I knew the Giants were brutal coming in. I knew that. But I didn't think the Jets were this bad. You look up and the Jets are 4-3 and three and you're like, man, the Jets beat Buffalo without Aaron Rodgers. Remember those games? And I look at the scoreboard and keep an eye on the Jets. But I watched the Jets last night at MetLife Stadium. Troy Aikman just spent two hours destroying how bad they were. Troy Aikman killed them all night. Maybe Troy's doing it now because he's out of Fox and he's with ESPN. He feels like... He has more freedom to do that in the world of Stephen A. Smith and Pat McAfee and the ability to talk more. I've never heard Aikman do this on a broadcast. The Jets were so putrid. Here's what Aikman said. It's been like this all year long. I mean, for a league where it's built around offense, they've scored two touchdowns in a game one time. And and that was against Kansas City. The rest of them, they've scored one. They struggled again tonight. You know, you talk about the Chargers anyway and what they're trying to do sure. on their side of the ball. They got Detroit this next week, so they're going to find out about them defensively as to whether or not they're for real. But the Jets, I'm, I don't know if they're a good football team. I mean, it's hard to look at them tonight and say that they're good. They're great on defense, and yep. I thought the defense was terrific again tonight. But is that a good football team that we watched tonight? No, I don't think so. I think they're a bad team with a great defense is what I think they are. And I don't know that they were a playoff team coming in. I didn't see anything tonight that suggests they're a playoff team. They haven't beat a good football team. And so, uh, you know, where they – or, excuse me, the Jets haven't beat a good football team. Or the, the Chargers yeah, haven't right, beat right, a good right. football team overall. <laughs> but the Jets, you know, I, I know they had the win against Philadelphia, and that was nice. But overall, I just I, – I don't think this is a very good football team. And they've got a long way to go if they're going to make it into the postseason, which I don't expect them to do. Yeah, the Jets are really bad. So the Raiders play the Jets on Sunday night football and have to beat them. I also said this, a couple of things I said on Roundtable today, and one, you know, I mean everything I say, is that 
normally in sports you say the last game that the Raiders won was against the Giants. They played really well. The Raiders deserved that win. We know the Giants weren't great, but the Raiders played well and they won. And normally, if there wasn't a coaching change or the coach was around for six, seven weeks, I'd typically say going into the Jets, well, the Giant game doesn't mean anything if you don't beat the Jets. I'm not going to say that here. The Giant game made a lot. It was the first win for the starting quarterback, Aiden O'Connell. It's the first win for interim head coach, Antonio Pierce. It's the first win as offensive coordinator for Bo Hardegree. For all that happened, that game is going to mean a lot. Those game balls that Champ Kelly got, that's going to mean a lot. So if, God forbid, the Raiders lose to the Jets, I'm not going to say the Giant game didn't matter. It mattered. But God forbid if the Raiders lose to the Jets. The Jets stink. Now, here's what concerns me. I've seen this movie before. It was called The Bears Game. You remember The Bears Game? I was there in Chicago. Glorious day. Oh, my God. It was like beach weather. Everybody walking around. Raiders walking around Soldier Field. We got this. Raiders got embarrassed. It's the reason the coach, the GM, and the OC got fired was Chicago. Okay, they thought they were playing well. Tyson Bajan's the quarterback. I'm getting to Zach Wilson. Everybody thinks it's good. Everything's going good. Raiders got punched in the mouth, and all hell broke loose. So, I don't think the Raiders are going to lose to the Jets. I'm very confident the Raiders will win and come out and beat the Jets. But I saw the movie in Chicago up close, man. I had the script before it. I was on the plane with the team afterwards, and it was bad. Can't let that happen again. So the Jets are going to play better than they played last night because they can't play worse. They were awful. Now the Giants, their first game of the year against the Cowboys was the worst game in the history of the franchise. Then the Giants had another awful game, like a Mount Rushmore all-time worst games against the Jets. And then the Giants played poorly against the Raiders, and they're the laughing stock in New York. So for the Raiders, there's not going to be a letdown because Antonio Pierce just started. He's auditioning for the head coaching position. He's not going to have a letdown. It's not going to be because Antonio Pierce didn't have him ready to go. They're all going to be ready to go when they come back tomorrow. But they better be ready to go. Do not screw around with this game because I don't see any path. I don't see any path for the Raiders if they lose to the Jets. It could be a miracle path, miracle path, but how are you going to beat Kansas City or Miami or some of the other teams, Chargers again, if you can't beat the Jets? The Jets are a bad football team, and I think the Jets were so humbled last night. They had Aaron Rodgers on the sideline, and he's a lunatic. I mean, what he says on McAfee, everything he does, and his body language last night, he knew the camera was on him. He's rolling his eyes. He knows how crappy the Jets look. Robert Sala doubles down all the time. On Zach Wilson, because that's all he can do. It's the only quarterback he has. And I promise you, I promise you with every ounce of energy that I have that Zach Wilson's going to play a much better game than he played last night. I promise you, because he's not that bad. He's pretty bad, but he's not that bad. He's not DeVito, the guy we saw from the Giants, the third string guy. So for the Raiders, I'd like to look ahead starting now at the Jets game. Got a lot of good programming this week and figure out how there won't be a letdown. I don't think there's going to be a letdown, but the game plan is unique to me because both the Raiders and the Jets are ranked 30th and 31st. The Jets 30th and the Raiders 31st against the run. So for every Raider fan that's going to tell me this week, oh, we're going to run the ball with Josh, man. We're going to run it right down. They give up 138 yards a game. We give up more. Okay? We give up more. 
So uh, what do you think they're saying in the Jets meeting? They're saying, we're going to run the football. Our quarterback stinks. We're going to run the football. Reese Hall, we're going to have a multiple running back system, and we're going to run it right at the Raiders, who are susceptible to bad tackling at times. And we're going to run it, and we're not going to put the ball in Zach Wilson's hands. Are you nuts? Unless it's third down. And before you throw a Raider party, the Raiders were 5 of 14 on third down against the Giants, who stink. So it's going to come down to which quarterback's going to make a play on third down throughout the course of the day. I'll go Aiden O'Connell. I think Aiden O'Connell will be better. He impressed a lot of people last week. But both teams are going to run the ball, and they're probably going to get pressure in the media, in the media, throwing this little little nugget in, because whoever loses this game, if they lose the game by not running the football, they deserve to get torched in the media. This game says run the football all day long. I like the way the Raiders went five wide. I've been dying for that. I've been dying for that. And if I ask Josh McDaniels in our sit-downs every week, Coach, why don't you go five wide more? Right? I've, I've asked him tempo, can you play faster and all that. I don't think that question, he wasn't going five wide. I can't believe he didn't. He just decided we weren't going to do it. I think Bo Hardegree, we're going to play a little of his press conference coming up here. I didn't hear it, so I'm dying to hear a little of it. I hope that this offense gets up to speed. My dream scenario for this game on Sunday night is that the Raiders win in similar fashion with the way they beat the Giants. They win comfortably. And then there's an opportunity for Aiden O'Connell to take shots because Aiden O'Connell on the practice field, I'm talking about the games, it's tough to, uh, to, to simulate what you want to do against the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins. And after I think the Raiders get to 5-5, five and five, they play the Dolphins and the Chiefs back-to-back, and you better have some plays to call. You better have some plays to call. You better be ready to be down and throw the ball to get back in the game. I wouldn't do it against the Jets. I wouldn't even think about it against the Jets. I'd run it and then try to be effective on third down. But this game plan is very interesting to me because when you run the ball, Bobby, you get conservative. And if you run the ball and they know you're going to run it and you don't run it well and you can't get a first down on third down and you punt the ball, anything could happen. And I think both of these teams are going to play conservative, which means it'll be under the total. It'll be a close-scoring game. And the only way you're going to be able to win big is by throwing it at times. And we got to get Devontae the football. Remember, that's still an issue. Oh, no one, everyone forgot about that. They're too busy smoking cigars. Everyone's smoking cigars. I call it sage. They were cleaning out the locker room with the sage. But it was cigars, and everybody was celebrating with that. I'll tell you this much, and I said this to someone in the building, and they kind of agreed with me. If the Jets would have won last night because the Chargers were beatable, the first thing that Robert Sala would have did after he beat the Chargers is throw up the video of the Raider cigar party. Oh, I promise you. That would have been running in the Jet locker room all week. They would have had that on the plane. He would have been walking up and down the aisles on the plane going, look at the cigar, Barty. Oh, they don't think, oh, look at these guys. Oh, they're feeling good. But the Jets lost. So I don't think the cigar party is going to matter much for motivation. I just think Robert Sala all week is going to be all over his players. And Quinn and Williams and some of the players there who are really good, Sauce Gardner. And it's pretty much the end of the year for the Jets. And it could be a bad, bad day for the Raiders if they don't win. And we all believe they're going to win. I think we all do. But the Jets are on life support. They were 4-3. and three. If they won last night, they would have been 5-3 and three going into Las Vegas as a favorite to go 6-3 and three maybe. 
Now I think the Jets are circling the drain, and we just have to make sure, you know, we press flush and they're done. That's the monologue brought to you by Resorts World. From Doghouse Saloon to Wally's to their great cigar bar, 8. All my friends that go out there, have a good time at Resorts World. Locals, locals, and great concerts. Iowa Raider is in Davenport. He begins the show today. Go ahead. Yeah, man, good evening. Good evening, JT. First-time caller. Thank you. Long-time listener, long-time Raider fan. You know, and I just, just a little curious this week on, you know, we're Got all the fire, everything going on at home. We come out and play a good game this week, JT. But I just, I just, I just feel, JT, some people in the Raider Nation are still just a little bit mad about what happened with Josh, and I think we should be happy and move forward. Just, I think that uh, the coach we got in right now is a true Raider man, and all the Raider Nation, the black hole, and everyone, how excited mm-hmm. everyone is right now. I just, I just kind of feel, JT, that you're a little mad about the situation, that you think Josh got dealt unfairly. I don't think he got unfairly at all. He got, he got fired because brought in Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo played terribly, and Josh McDaniels called terrible games as a coordinator, and he's out. I don't, I don't feel bad about it at all. I dealt with John Gruden, Rich Passaccia, Norv Turner, Art Shell, John Gruden 1, John Gruden 2, Lane Kiffin. I don't, I don't, I don't get too crazy over this. If you win, you stay here and coach the team. If you lose, you get fired. Oh, yeah, I know. I just feel that you're just a little. You keep on trying to sell us the the plan for long and Jimmy was this, and we all knew JT. We all knew it. Oh, you know, you didn't all J. You said this was the first. You're, you're the first. This is the first time you called. We you all knew. How come night. you didn't? How come you didn't call when we signed Jimmy or when I interviewed him twice or when the team yeah. started off and he got hurt? Where was your phone that day? Because, you know, sometimes you can't get through all the Oh, yeah, goodbye. Goodbye. You're off the air. You're full of crap. You couldn't get through. I'm on here every day. Every day, yeah. You couldn't get through. You didn't have the number. Everything I stay, I stand by. I want the team to win. I could care less who the coach is. Let me say that again. Care less who the coach is. I like them all. They're all good to me. I respect them all. I just want them to win. That's it. I'll stand behind everything I've said on this show. Everything I've said on this show. I want the team to win. I want the coaches to do well. When the coaches get hired and they have their press conferences and the owner stands up and said, we brought him in for this reasons, I believe that and back that. It's very rare that you say, oh, man, this is not going to work. This is a disaster. And if you thought that was the case with the former head coach and the quarterback, do you win and get a prize for that? Do you get an extra Modelo? What do you get for that? <laughs> what do you get for that? If you're right on that, do they pay you more? They don't pay me more. I can tell you that much. So it's a new regime here, man. I'm sitting in the seat. There's more to just going out to the calls and reading the score. It's relationships. It's being in the building. The key card works instead of not working and dealing with people and wanting to win and building relationships. And God knows I wanted all these coaches to win, all of them. And I want them all to get long-term extensions and their families to do great and their kids to graduate high school out here in Vegas and go on to get married out here and have grandkids and be great. It doesn't work that way. With the Raiders, it's all about winning. If you do poorly, if you do terribly, you will get fired. And we've seen a lot of that since the Raiders moved to Vegas. It's another reset. Murph is in Buffalo. How are you, Murph? Go ahead. I'm good, JT. Hey, I always, uh, I don't ever have trouble getting through thanks bobby um what a treat it was sunday uh it was just you know once again it was a treat i know a treat i know it was only one week uh i know we played the giants 
But uh, I'll take a game of domination for once. Um, but the thing I'm, I'm most excited about, JT, is about this this team's energy moving forward. These guys knew they were winners before, and now with the shackles off, they're playing free. Uh, I'm just, I think the sky's the limit, especially for this offense. Uh, they're out to prove something. they got a chip on their shoulders. Uh, with that being said, we obviously have to beat the Jets. Yeah, but hey, buddy, been. let's. All right. I'm sorry to cut you off there as we begin here. And the caller before that, who we found out who it really was, that's going to be fun. 702-365-9200. I look at the, the mindset of this team. The mindset of this team has got to be where it was for the Giant game. I'm guaranteeing you it will be. They got an extra day off. James Jones, we played the video. I hope you saw the video of James Jones going crazy. He was live on Raiders game day, and when the coach was doing the press conference and said, see you Wednesday, which means you get a day off, James Jones, we should get the audio of it, jumped up, jumped out out of his uh, desk, uh, his chair, went crazy, and was, was having a lot of fun. They got an extra day off because they needed it, and the coach needed to set the tone. Set the tone that there's a reward system in place if you win. And if you win, you'll get a day off, you'll be rewarded, and we'll keep that momentum going. So I think the momentum is going to be great going forward. The only concern I have is the game plan here if the Jets do a better job at stopping the run. Because if the Jets do a good job early in the game of stopping Josh Jacobs, which other teams did, i.e. the Chicago Bears, and then it turns Aiden O'Connell into a passer, which I think he's pretty good at, the Jets' defensive secondary is superior. And it'll be a tough game. That'll be a risky proposition. So I think the Raiders are going to run it. I think they're going to run it hard. I think they're going to be very passionate to want to run the ball. And then if they have to get out of it, we're going to hear from Bo Hardigree coming up next. Hear a little bit of his press conference and hear what he has to say and what he was asked about the offense and the tone and what they got out of the last game. What they got out of the last game was a much-needed victory. They had to have it. They got it. Put it in the bank and don't give it back. You made a deposit in the bank. Do not go back to the ATM and take it out and put the team in jeopardy by losing to the Jets. The Jets were awful last night. We all saw it. I did a lot of show prep last night watching that Jet game, and the Jets cannot possibly play that bad again. They're going to have a bounce. They're going to come out to Las Vegas, and they're going to be better than they were at home last night. The Raiders got to equal that and be better at Allegiant Stadium. I think we will. Jeff Sherman on the moving lines and the point spread of the Raider game coming up. O'Connell is under center. He gives it to Jacobs, following the offensive lineman at the goal line. The ball is loose, but they call it a touchdown. Josh Jacobs reached it over the goal line before it popped out of his hands. His second rushing touchdown of the day. Jason Horowitz on the call. JT back with you. We're brought to you by Raisin Canes. Love everything at Raisin Canes. The box combo. The toast, the coleslaw, the iced tea, the lemonade. My kids have tire tracks as they go through their drive through They're there two or three days a week. They are a proud partner of the show, proud partner of the UNLV Rebels football team. How great are the Rebels doing? 
They're doing unbelievable. All the Canes here in the Valley and nationwide, what they do charity-wise, fantastic. Proud partner of ours on Raider Nation Radio. It's lunchtime. Pull into a Canes. Get the box condo combo. Have a great meal and enjoy everything about our proud partnership. Raisin Canes, one love as we continue on. 702-365-9200 is the number. The running game or the passing game or the combination Bo Hardegree, the new offensive coordinator, interim. Everyone knows these are interim jobs to the end of the season. What he had to say earlier today. First of all, you were able to, in four short days, implement and make changes, which is miraculous. But So would you talk about that process going through it? Because you're going to be able to do more each and every week. But how proud are you of your guys? Because they certainly paid attention to detail. I mean, I, I just everybody kind of hit the ground running. First of all, just getting the staff together, um, getting everybody organized, um, you know, on a short week and on, you know, some different circumstances Um, and just really attacking the players on what we needed to do, you know, as a unit, what was most important for them. And then just designing the practice and the plan and going out and the execution part of it, let them feel kind of how the game was going to be called and and let that practice happen and, you know, carry over to the game. You've never called plays in the NFL, but the fact that you played in probably the best conference in all of college football and quarterback, how much did that help you to be able to do what you did at such a high level on Sunday? I mean, I frankly, like just throughout, you know, my years of coaching and playing, I mean, every game, I mean, every snap you gain more information. Um, And as a young coach and then gradually as I progressed throughout my career, um, relying on people, asking questions, and then certain situations that happen, and you just try to develop that and have that carry over into you know what we did, tried to do on Sunday. Several players, including uh, Josh Jacobs, was talking about how you kind of sought their feedback of like what what's working, what plays do you run well. I guess how yeah. important was that for you to do that, and why? Well, why do you do that? I just want them to feel confident and comfortable, and and um, you know, like I told you, I went into everybody's rooms. Um, kind of when we hit the ground running on those first couple meetings and just let them know kind of me and then get some feedback from them. And I, uh, you know, even during the game, you know, I'm telling them kind of what's coming up, what I'm thinking, uh, what are they seeing, um, which is important. They're the guys out there. You know, I'm calling the plays and I want to call plays that, you know, they feel confident about. And if there's something that I really want to get out, you know, get out there to them, I'll let them know it's coming. And it's just constant communication with, with those guys. Coach, what were the biggest improvements you would say you noticed in Aiden's game from week four to last week? And also, how do you think you can continue those improvements moving forward? Yeah, I, I mean, I was really proud of him. First of all, you know, our offensive line did a great job of, you know, keeping him upright. And he did a really good job of getting the ball out on time as far as the passing game. And obviously the running game, obviously it all, it all ties together. Uh, for him, he, you know, he handled certain situations really well. Um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, throwing a ball away is the right thing to do within that timing of the play. And, um, you know, he mixed, he, he moved the ball around well. You know, we had a bunch of different targets to different guys. And, uh, but I thought his just management of the game and staying in the game and not doing too much, not pressing, and just kind of letting it come to him was a big improvement. What you said at the beginning of that was the offensive line and how they played. Yeah. What were some things that you think like really started to click for the offensive line against the Giants? Um, I mean, it's just the physicality that they brought to the game, the mentality. 
It did, and and the runner brought that too. Josh did. He ran the ball really hard. AP, the defensive guy. You're the quarterback, but even though you're different, you had the same philosophy: attack, go after things. Yeah. When you he wanted you, you're the guy he wanted to do this. Yeah. And will you talk about that symmetry between you and AP again? Different personalities, but same football mentality. Absolutely. I mean, it's just the great thing with AP is, is being able to communicate with him. He comes down to my office and you know, kind of see what I'm doing and then communicates like he's usually a day or two ahead, you know, kind of what, what he's thinking about. And um, it was fun on the sidelines because it was for me and him, it was our first, you know, and we were communicating during the game and um, he was right there with me um, as I was calling plays for the first time. And I thought he did a really good job and he made me feel very comfortable out there. He did a great job. He spent, went to the offensive line room every day. How much do you think that impacts when the head coach is walking into a specific team meeting every single day? I would say anytime the head coach comes in any, anywhere, it's, there's an impact for sure. Um, and he, uh, he did. He spent a good time with them. And I think he's been you know, going out throughout the building and you know, emphasizing what's important for us. And we just uh, do our job is to take that to the, to the practice field and make that, let that carry over to the game. There's been a kind of rotation at right tackle for much of the year. Uh, obviously, Thayer was out, so Jermaine played the whole game. How did you how did you like his performance? How did you assess his performance? And is that something you're comfortable with, or when Thayer's back, is there a decision to be made there? Well, I'll just keep it keep it keep it plain and simple. I thought that those guys, like I said, did a really good job of taking advantage of their opportunities. So you know, we'll see from there what happens. You were known as being very creative when I'm, I've talked to some people who are with you at Tennessee, and I'm just curious, that creativity, how much do you enjoy being the OC now? You get to let that loose. You're not running yeah. someone else's plan. You're running your own. There's a fine line. You know, you can't be too, too wild, but um, it's got to be calculated. Um, and, then you know, them understanding our players, uh, understanding kind of the why of something when it goes in is very important for them to know. Um, and I try to do a good job of communicating that to him. A couple of seasons ago, you were with the Jets, and obviously the team has had a lot of turnover mm -hmm. since you were there. But just based off of what you know about this team, what are some things on defense that you have to look at and evaluate? Oh, no, they're, they're a good football team. They really are. They're very explosive. Um, and we have, to, we have to do a really good job of you know, hitting our keys, you know, what, we, what we believe in that's going to help us win the football game, and we'll develop our plan around that. You came out and ran the ball, obviously, all but one play on the first drive. I guess how, how intentional was that coming into the game and how much was just, hey, it was working and you kept going? Um, I, I told the guys I want to be – I want to develop – win the line of scrimmage, be physical, and, and get, the, get our running back going, you know, and, and get some confidence like we talked about all week and get that going. And then, you know, the rest will take care of itself. Well, the bomb and the long play, you had those routes – Early on, even didn't yeah. necessarily go with them, but they were there. How important is stretching the field so that teams can't do what they've done all year and stack the box? It's very important. So it's uh, it was an emphasis, and I'm, I'm glad I told myself I was going to get those called early for those guys. They deserve that, and uh, I'm glad they went out and executed it. All right, so that's Bo Hardigree, part of his press conference. There's more left. You can find it all at Raiders.com. It's all about the communication on how the coaches go from each other's room. Now you had a former head coach that was really into control and wanted to do a lot of things there, and now the coaches feel more freedom like the players to do what they want, to be a little bit more looser, and hopefully that helps the Raiders win a little bit more. Looking at Bo's track record, he was a quarterback 
at Tennessee, and that's a big program. He played from 2004 to seven as a coach when he came out. So this is a guy who came out and stayed in football. Very important point. Sometimes people come out and they get jobs in some different type of sector. No, this is a guy who wanted to be a football coach. So he's a grad assistant at Duke from 2008 to 2010. Then he went to LSU. Listen to these programs and think basketball too, not just football. He went to Duke for three years, three years at LSU as an intern. Denver Broncos, offensive quality control in 2014. Then he moves to Chicago, offensive assistant 2015. Then moves to Miami for three years. He's a Miami Dolphins quarterback coach from 16 through 18. Then he goes to the Jets under Adam Gase from 19 to 20. Then he goes from the Jets to the Patriots. How many people that you know in succession go from the Dolphins, Jets to the Patriots? Offensive assistant under Bill Belichick. Then the Las Vegas Raiders came in in 2022 as the quarterback coach, and now he's interim offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. And the guy's been around a lot. I mean, the guy's moved a lot for jobs that he believes will help him get to the next level. So wish the coach well. And he want, I like what he said at the end there. He wanted to get some plays in early to reward these guys. Well, I like hearing that. A bomb, he threw a bomb, which I don't know why it didn't happen earlier. Why was Trey Tucker drafted? A Dave Ziegler, on, when I talked to him about Trey Tucker, was very excited to have him. And then they drop him into the system and don't use him. I was very surprised by that this year. The Hunter thing's different. The Hunter, more and more is going to either come out from Hunter down the road or why wasn't why was Hunter put aside? We'll let other people talk about that when the coaches, or Hunter, Hunter if he wants to talk about that to us or on a podcast. But the issue is Hunter's now involved. And I believe Michael Mayer, I tweeted that out today. I think Michael Mayer is going to have a big game. I'm talking a big, big game coming up against the Jets because the middle of the field could be open if these linebackers are blitzing. And the linebackers, if you want to soften it up and try to get them from sitting in the box, I look for Michael Mayer to take some of these linebackers one-on-one because the Jets are strong there. Stealth B. Raider is here in Vegas on 920. Go ahead. You're up next. Hey, JT. I'm glad to hear that uh, everybody's having fun and mm-hmm. it was a great uh, victory. Hey, I'm I'm here from uh, Virginia. I was at the game on Sunday, and I'll be at the game uh, next Sunday against the Jets. Oh, good. I just want trying to give you a perspective from a longtime Raider. Mm-hmm. Been a Raider fan for 55 years, so I could tell you that the aura from what I felt in the stadium was awesome. It was something that was more of a relief than a, a real professional football game. It was mm-hmm. something that the fans have been looking for. I. That's why you felt that the, the locker room was doing what they were doing. They were just expressing relief. And that's how, what I think it was from just uh, uh, the game it, itself. Um, I think there was a lot of people that felt some kind of way about McDaniels and stuff, and they was probably feeling some relief from that. Mm-hmm. I, and I could tell you that from just talking to many of my sure. friends. And so they, they were moving on. I don't think you'll see that anymore, the the kind of celebrations or anything like that. I think it's game on now. But I just wanted you to know from a perspective of a longtime Raider that we just felt relieved, mm-hmm. and now we're moving on, and hopefully we can uh, get AP into the role and, and, and just move forward. I just think mm-hmm. we're moving on with a different chapter, and that's where yeah. you were feeling from the 
from the game on Sunday. Yeah, so. no doubt about it. I saw it at the torch, appreciate it, down on the field. was down on the field with Mark Davis, and when he walked out, the crowd went crazy saying, thank you, Mark. A lot of people wanted the change here. I've been aware of that the whole time. We got a job to do here. The change was made, and we'll move along with Coach Antonio Pierce. 702-365-9200. Jeff Sherman will join us, VP of Risk Management over at the Westgate. We have Lee Sterling, Bill Krakenberger, Mike North. I put on handicappers and sharp men and women who can handicap games for you. If you're going to bet and you're gambling on football, the unders this year have been the story. All the unders in these games. People are making a lot of money betting the unders on football games. I'll I'll ask Jeff why that is happening and what he sees is that a trend that is here to stay coming up on the other side. All right, also tomorrow, Tommy White from the 872 Laborers. We'll get him on. We want to thank them for their support of the show. And I don't know, there's a lot of building going on here in town. Every time now I try to go downtown, I don't go downtown, I mean to the Strip. I get downtown a little bit, but mostly on the Strip. F1 is almost here. Over the next two weeks, I will put F1 guests on. Because I think it's important. It's one of the biggest sporting events in the world that's supposed to have a bigger economic impact than the Super Bowl. We have the Super Bowl here. This is supposed to be bigger with the economic impact, but is that a true number? I'm not negative on F1. I think Vegas, to be great, has to have big global events. This one has some growing pains, and we'll dive into that over the next two weeks. If fans are coming in internationally or Raider fans are going, we want to hear your vibe on that. JT with Jeff Sherman coming up next from the Westgate. If you like to gamble, do not miss out on Jeff Sherman. Yeah, we talked about being more aggressive, letting it go. I mean, you don't want to call the game scared. Um, Not myself as a uh, head coach, nor did I want the OC or the Quarterback felt like I didn't believe in him. So we felt good about something. We was going to let it roll. And, you know, you saw the shot there with Tucker. I mean, you got a guy that can run, run. And he was run, running. And he caught that ball. And it was a great throw by Aiden. But more importantly, look at the protection. That we had time to get there and throw that ball 50-plus yards. Antonio Pierce, JT, as we come back, thanks for joining us. And we appreciate the black hole. Go to theblackhole.com. Become a member. I'd look at the site. The site's got deals. I got the new varsity jacket, which I can't wait to get. All the other product that they have up there. But become a member to get all the deals at theblackhole.com. Jeff Sherman joins us every two weeks, sometimes every week. His schedule's busy. Love having him on. Uh, VP of Risk Management, Senior VP over at the Westgate. And, Jeff, the Raiders won a big emotional interim head coach pop game why are the Jets favored? I think you moved it to Jets minus one on the road coming off the loss last night. Yeah, it's we still have the Jets favored. They have a higher power rating, and we still see more support. Now, we saw a lot of support for the Raiders last week off the emotional edge, like you had mentioned. But uh, the Jets' defense is a prevailing factor here in this line and still a small road favorite. Yeah, and so let's assume it goes off what you have it at, and it stays at Jets minus one. The total is what I wanted to talk to you about. But both the Raiders, Raiders have struggled all year offensively until the last game. And the Jets last night, they were just putrid on offense. They couldn't even sustain any drives. So that total, how, how often do you go lower than 36 in a game? Uh, in the NFL, you usually don't see it. I mean, we mm-hmm. see some dip to 35 and a half, but uh, not too much. You know, you're seeing that in college with the Iowa games going under 30, but NFL 35.5 is pretty much the lowest we've seen this year. Wow. So if you like the over there, you think the Raiders are going to go? Good information coming over from the Westgate. I want to run to the Cowboy game and your philosophy on that. The consensus was Dallas minus 9.5. 
You have Dallas a 16-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. The total is 38-and-a-half here. That's Dallas coming off a loss and the Giants on a third-string quarterback. Yeah, just the way the Giants looked, and like you mentioned, without uh, Daniel Jones now, third-string quarterback, and you know Dallas coming off the loss, and they have uh, been pretty good about taking care of poor teams at home, so uh, hence you see the high spread. Uh, what do you do with the Chargers here in Detroit? I think they opened up initially the Chargers consensus favorite in this game. Now I see sharp money on Detroit. You have Detroit minus two and a half on the road in L.A. Yeah, it's a short week for the Chargers, and uh, we've seen Lions support for this. We were at one and a half, now up to two and a half, and not unexpected. Uh, you see a lot of fading the Chargers mm. when they play at home. Yeah, and another game that jumps out at me that I wrote down for you is Jacksonville-San Francisco. Jacksonville doesn't have much of a home field. Their home field they care about more, it seems to be London, than in Jacksonville. But as a 6-2 and two team, and the Niners have lost three in a row, did the Niners coming off their bye week have a lot to do with you having San Francisco as a road favorite, minus three at Jacksonville? It does, and uh, we expect the public to be supporting the 49ers in this spot, coming off the three straight losses. Uh, we had two and a half of the Niners on the opener, and the public has been supporting them at that number, driving it up to three. Yeah, one more game here that's on that first window that we're going to see that I'm fascinated by. The C.J. Stroud performance. Jeff was incredible, and now you have Houston at Cincinnati. You have seven points as Cincinnati's a favorite here. I like the way Houston's playing. I think that quarterback took a quicker step than anybody ever thought of. Yeah, there's no doubt, and Houston's putting up some points. You see a high total of 48, but I think that's why they're taking the Texans right now. We're at minus 7 even. We were 7 flat, some Houston support, and because they can put up those points. Jeff, what have you done with Baltimore's future odds to win the Super Bowl? How much has that moved since the start of the season? Where are the Ravens at now? Uh, down to 8-1 to one right now is a mm. poor choice behind Kansas City, Philadelphia, and San Francisco. Uh, they were 20 to 25 range at some spots. We were at 20 to one before the season, so solid movement with the way they're playing. What about college football with the favorite to get out and win the college football bowl championship, win the playoffs? Uh, we're currently Michigan nine to four, Georgia 11 to four, Florida State six, Ohio State seven, and Alabama eight right now. Are you keeping an eye on this? I know you are in the room that back there, but what's going to happen with Harbaugh? I mean, there's really nothing that could happen to the Michigan football team. I don't think that's going to keep them out of a college football playoff, but the Wolves are at the door with this coach at Michigan. Yeah, it's interesting, and, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to change anything as far as the mm. point spread. You know, it did early on in the season when uh, for the first couple games when he was suspended, uh, but the line came back. So we've seen precedent with that, that it doesn't affect the point spread. And we're not expecting much out of it here. Uh, James Harden was a dud in his first game against the Knicks and the Lakers. I know there's a lot of money that changes hands when the Lakers play. Any pop on this pre, pre-early tournament that they're having, this international vibe feel of soccer with this early trophy for this playing tournament? Uh, the support has been light. You know, they've been regular season games, so those have seen just regular action. But as far as the outrights to win the tournament, uh, you know, it's just a four-game sample. Teams are dealing with injuries, and it just hasn't been too popular as of yet. I think once they get past the four games to a knockout stage, we'll see more. And locally, how's it been with the support with the Golden Knights? They had a loss the other day against Anaheim. They're looking for a bounce back with the schedule coming off. Such a quick start here for the Vegas Golden Knights. Who do you have as the top two or three betting favorites in all of hockey? Well, right now, the Knights lead the way at 6-1 to one to win the Stanley Cup and repeat, uh, followed by the Avalanche at 7 and. A few teams at 10. We have Toronto, Carolina, and Boston at 10-1. to 1. Finally, any, anything going on with F1 and for the fans who haven't bet F1 before and want to get involved here with some of the 
opportunities to get in. What are you telling to the fans that want to partake in a couple of weeks here in Vegas? Yeah, just a few weeks away from that. And, you know, Verstappen wins every week. And mm-hmm. as we see him, a minus 350 favorite to win the race at this point, followed by Lando Norris at 10 to 1 and up from there. So uh, it's Ver- Verstappen's circuit, and that's what we expect to see. Thank you, Jeff. Talk to you next week. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks, JT. That's Jeff Sherman over at the Westgate. I tell everyone that's the sports book I recommend to everyone who asks me. Go on out and say hi to Jay Carnegie, Jeff Sherman, and the great service that you see over there. So Verstappen wins every single F1 race. So is that going to take away from Vegas? No, this is the first time they're racing in Vegas. It'll be a night race. He'll be the heavy favorite. I think people want to see him win. I think you want to see the favorite and the king of the sport win in Las Vegas. And if there's an upset, uh, we'll get you the odds right before the race. F1 is a big, big story here. And I don't like the energy with it now. And I hope the energy turns quickly here. I do. I've seen a lot of things launch in Vegas. A lot of stadiums and casinos, Fountain Blues coming online. We'll have Johnny Katz next week to talk about everything that's coming up. Johnny Katz was hanging out with Priscilla Presley after the Raider game when I saw him. When I was walking out, I'm like, where are you going, Katz? He goes, I'm going over to South Point with, to see the Priscilla Presley show. And I literally thought someone was playing Priscilla Presley. No, 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 it's her show. I was like, man, that's, that's cool. Would love to meet Priscilla Presley. Breaking news in the NFL, the Rams signed veteran quarterback Carson Wentz. I've always thought Wentz is a pretty good player. Thought he would have been a great fit for the Jets. If the Jets would have signed him early, they wouldn't have to go through Zach Wilson. So Carson Wentz now will be a backup player there because of the thumb injury to Matthew Stafford. So they want to have him run reserve. He's still a young guy. He's a young guy who's got his career in front of him, but he's been bouncing around the league. And the one thing you don't want to do as an NFL quarterback is bounce around the league. Will Levis is named the Titans starter going forward. Wonder where you heard that. Me, the day he started. You don't take this guy out. He's the Titans starter. Big move for Mike Vabel. And then lastly, there's some real heat, Bobby, in New England. There's some real heat on them running Belichick out of town, which I would be, I think is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my career. I've heard a lot of stupid things. I've said a lot of stupid things. But there is some heated reports now oh, coming yeah. out of Boston, New England, that Belichick might not get the rest of the year. He may not get the rest of the year, and it's kind of a shame. I mean, he is one of the, he's one of the greatest coaches in history, and they're getting ready to just flush him right out. Yeah, I and don't it's th- a shame. I don't really think Kraft is. can do it. He's made Kraft more billions than anyone else. Kraft deserves the billions. He's the owner, but without Belichick, Kraft is not one of the most influential and richest owners in the NFL. No way. I know, no way. I know, but you got to remember that drum beat is constant is. and louder and daily, and it hasn't stopped for a month and a yeah, half. It's Boston. Boston's got big sports radio, big media, and once they, once they sense or see blood in the water, they go crazy, but I think Bill Belichick deserves a little bit more than that. I'd say that about any legend, right? From Tom Landry to Vince Lombardi to anybody who's been a great legend, I think they have the ability to make their own way out of the organization than worrying about getting fired after an international game in Frankfurt. 702-365-9200. Nice hour, everybody. When we come back, we're pretty wide open the rest of the way. Chris Myers from the NFL on Fox and one of the great football insiders, the football guru, Russell Baxter, will join us at 115. He worked with the greats, Chris Perman and Tom Jackson on the big... ESPN football recap show. We'll talk to him next hour.